So it'd be good if, um, just put, put your hand on your heart and just say, let it be, God. Let it be. Whatever you've been talking to Jesus about, the lover of your soul tonight, just say, let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Let it be. Do it, God. Do it. I could give you permission. You know what you're doing. I'm in the safest hands there could ever possibly be in the whole world. Wow. Thank you, God, that as you're looking after the galaxies, you're looking after us. I don't understand that, but I know it's true. Thank you that there is significance on my life and your life. That there is significance. That there's a plan. And you're in the right place. And you're the right person. And you're doing the right thing. And God's looking at you and saying, you're my plan A. You've always been my plan A. And you always will be my plan A. Yeah. Shukanama sandara. Yeah, so we just tell insignificance to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Any demonic stuff that is speaking you, to you about feeling insignificant, people don't notice you. What am I doing here? And Lord, just give it to someone else. Yeah. Because no one can do it the way you can do it. And Jesus knows that. And he's there to help you, and he's chosen you. (coughs) Thank you, God. Amen. Wow. Thank you very much. I really found it very hard to, I mean, that worship was so amazing. Thank you, everybody. I could have really shelved the whole teaching tonight, just worshipped all night. So hopefully this isn't, (laughs) this isn't. a kind of a transition from what we're enjoying to what we're not enjoying. But like, this is still worship, all right? As I'm going to speak to you about these slides, I'm just worshipping God. So join with me in worshipping God. <sighs> so is, is, does it look all right, my, my thing, you know, around my ears? My hair's sticking out. Can, I'm just going to ask my wife to fix me up a bit. Can you just do my hair? Let's cut it off. <laughs> okay, I need a haircut, evidently. All right. I'll get one during the week. Um, yeah, so there we go. Right, so, hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> okay, so I'll start this and then we'll do something else. Right, um, who's on slide duty tonight? Who have we got? Jackie, love you, Jackie. Okay, Jackie, can I have, do I just say to you, like, give you a thumbs up for slide number one? Is that what I do? Oh, there you go, right. So this is, this is the bibliography, all right. So there are more dream books and stuff, but um, highly recommend um, Doug Addison. He's got lots of online dream stuff. And also John Paul Jackson. 
If you ask my oldest son, Joel, when he, because actually on our smart TV, um, uh, it's logged in as me, so everybody can see what I've been watching on YouTube, all right? And uh, so when we, when we log in, Joel says, oh, John Paul Jackson, John Paul Jackson, John Paul Jackson, John Paul Jackson, Bethel, 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 John Paul Jackson, you know. So, I, I, so it's amazing teaching, Dream Ministries, all right? So um, he's no longer with us. He's been promoted to heaven, having a great time there. And um, so I'd highly recommend um, all his teachings, CDs, and everything else. And Jim Gall, um, a, a very, very accessible, very much... Um, um, John Paul Jackson's very good, very systematic. Uh, Jim Gull is very much at uh, the heart of God. So if you like crying while you're learning something, Jim Gull. All right? <laughs> when, I, when I read books, I cry a lot. Anyway, and, and then obviously a book I wrote. Um, uh, yes, come on, Speakers of Life. We've got a whole chapter in there on, on dream interpretation as well. So it's a kind of very systematic chapter on there. So... Um, I'm actually um, getting closer now to um, actually combining all my little notes into one thing. So I'm actually going to um, write a book or complete a book because it's already written in rough. And Natasha and Lisa are helping me um, about dream interpretation uh, for the secular market. So I want it to be in uh, Hudson uh, bookstores in the States and things like that. So um, just for people who are not saved to actually figure out, you know, because there's lots of secular dream stuff out there and it's it's just you know it's you you look at it and you think oh my goodness that's terrible but actually then but it's terrible that actually we as as um who know the truth aren't actually doing anything about it as well mm. yeah really because we can complain and say this is terrible if we don't do anything about it so anyway that's how i feel and within that there'll be art and everything else so um there'll be uh, pages of art to do with the dreams and stuff like that so there are people in this room richard um oh <laughs> Juliet and other people that i would love to contribute to that um so uh in just to really liven up the whole thing so it'll be a dream interpretation through various uh, means so there we go that's out there it's it's being recorded, so I have to do something about it now. So there you go. That was God's plan for me to say that. So therefore, I'm being held accountable to that by everyone in this room and those who are listening on SoundCloud. So there you go. So you can ask, check me and say how it's doing. So next slide, please, Jackie. Okay, so Joel 22, chapter 2, verse 28 says, I will put my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. And obviously, Numbers 12, verses 6 to 8 says, Where there is a prophet among you, I will the Lord uh, will reveal uh, himself to them in visions, and I speak to them in dreams. So obviously, God speaks to us through his written word, through his logos word, his uh, revelatory word, but also he, he actually breaks in from where he is out of time into, into us through dreams and visions. Yes, we know that. There's lots of examples. So, next slide. So, I love this because it's not just one way. It's not a formula because if it is, then we'll adopt the formula and then we will use it and then we, we will have no need for Jesus in our life once we reduce it all down to a formula, right? So, I love this because it's a, Job's got quite a good things. I actually speak quite a lot from Job now because, you know, Job's not, you know, it's not a joyful, you know, it's a bit, bit heavy now and again. You know, there's not a lot of laughs in it, all right? 
So Job 33, 14 to 18 says, For God does speak. He does speak? Yeah, he speaks. Richard had hot ears tonight. It's about, you know, about increasing our kind of audible aspects, you know, heavenly aspects. God does speak. He speaks all the time. Now one way, now another, though no one perceives it, all right? In a dream and a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds. Right, so um, actually it goes on to say that we do perceive it, but it's actually um, because actually God speaks to us in those dreams and visions, right? What it says here is now one way, now another. The beautiful thing about this is the fact that God speaks to me differently than he would speak to you, Tim, or you, Joyce. You know, it's not a formula. Now one way, now another. And actually, often he'll speak to us in different ways just to kind of not catch us out, but just to make sure that we're actually on our toes and we're listening. So I love that. It's not one thing. And actually, it talks also, if you, f- if you read that verse, it talks about to keep men and women from, from basically from death. All right? If you, if you know the scripture, it talks about actually from um, falling, you know, uh, from terrible things happening to them and death. And actually, without going into detail, because it's detailed in the soul book, that through a dream and a vision, uh, I uh, went down and spoke to someone, and actually they later said to me the next day that if I'd not gone down that night to speak to them, that they would have thrown themselves off the time bridge, literally. So that scripture, that dream, that vision, saved someone's life that night. That's, and I didn't know that. So that's how... So if you feel the unction to say something, just say it, because you could be literally saving someone's life. All right. So next slide. Um, so how do dreams differ from visions? Um, clearly there's an overlap. It's like a Venn diagram. You know, dreams, visions, there'll be an overlap in the middle. All right. So this is very much looking at the extremes. And so just to get all technical about it, uh, if you look up dreams in Hebrew, it's Actually, the three words, the shalom, shalom, and something else. But it was shalom, shalom. But anyway, ch 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 shalom, shalom. It's Hebrew, uh, about dreams, and onar, which is in the Greek. And God speaks to us in dreams in terms of revealing part of his plan for us in our life. All right? They're very much kind of uh, metaphors about what his plan for us, or warnings, or something like that, to reveal more about his plan. Visions tend to be a bit more literal. They kind of reveal more about God's nature to us. That makes sense? And within that, you can have open visions and closed visions. Um, I've actually preached sometimes having an open vision. So stuff is, I'm li- sometimes you'll see me looking across at a room for five minutes because actually I'm having an open vision on this side. And I'm actually preaching and I'm trying to figure out what God's saying to me here in an open vision to bring it into what I'm saying over here. I don't say that at the time because I'm actually really, st- you know, I'm learning how to do that. You know, and if I then highlight it, that makes it even more difficult, you know, because people know I'm, 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 that's happening to me, which makes it even more intense. All right? So, so you know, uh, so open visions will just happen with our eyes wide open, yeah? And you'll see God's vision superimposed. And it happens to me a lot in the gym. You know, some of the heavenly accounts I spoke about last year, I'm on a, I'm on a you know, a, a treadmill thing. And it's happening in front of my eyes. And I'm, you know, and because you sweat a lot in the gym, I'm crying and stuff like that. But it doesn't look like I'm crying because I'm just sweating, you know. Uh, so anyway, so there we go. Um, yeah, and so it, you know, dreams just don't happen, at, you know, just dreams don't just happen at night vision during the day. Anyway, so next slide. Right, what are the types of dreams in the Bible? There's kind of uh, different types of dreams. Um, they go up in their complexity. Obviously, a simple message 
is in Matthew uh, 1 and 2, where Joseph just understood the dreams, um, you know, referring to Herod. It was self-interpreted. He didn't need to know because basically, the, you know, in the dream it said, don't go back there, don't go there, go here. I mean, you know, simple. What do, do we not understand about that? Let's not get overcomplicated. Yeah? Sometimes God says something to us and we spend six months trying to figure out what he meant and God said, well, I actually just meant to say that. That's literally what I just wanted you to do. And we kind of, yeah, we've been there. All right. So, shaker. Yay. Whoa. Okay. Sorry. Um, February the 12th mean anything to anybody? February the 12th. February the 12th. February the 12th. February the 12th. Anything? Okay. Remember that date. If you think, oh, yeah, can you stop me? Stop me and buy one later. It's just that I've learned just like something just came by and God says speak out February the 12th. So February the 12th means anything to anybody in terms of anniversary, birthday, significant dates, whatever. Just wave at me at some point because it usually happens at some point that somebody comes up to me and say, I didn't know whether you really meant February the 12th. Yes, February the 12th. <laughs> okay, stop me and buy one later. Um, hmm. Oh, it also might be somebody in your family, all right? So it's not just you. It could be somebody in your family like, um, you know, mother, father's birthday or anniversary or something <coughs> like that. Yeah? Okay. A simple symbolic. So, so the first one is it's self-interpreted. It's obvious. It's, it, you follow what's been said. The second one is the fact that, you know, simple symbolic, Joseph, uh, Genesis 37, you know, we've got the dreams um, there in terms of... Um, the sun, the moon, the stars bowing down before him, you know, etc., etc. It was it was symbolic the fact that actually Joseph's father and his brothers would bow down before him, right? That happened twice, you know, two different types of dreams. So that's a metaphor, but he knew what they meant, and the brothers did, which is why they threw it. They hoid him down the well. All right, well, that wasn't a very good accent at all, was it? No, no. No, that was, piti that was pitiful, really, wasn't it? But anyway, they threw him down the well. All right, pray for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Anyway, so that's self-interpreted. So, so everybody knew what that meant, all right? So complex symbolic, which is where it's, uh, you, you just need some interpretative uh, skills. Uh, and so we've got the, when Joseph was in prison, we've got, obviously, um, the dreams about the bread and the head, and the wine server, all right? They didn't know what it meant, but they, got jo they asked Joseph for the interpretation. So in that case, there was a dream, but they didn't know what it meant, so they went to Joseph to, to for interpret it, all right? So, and that's a complex symbolic dream. Okay, so further the next slide. So source of the dream, I'm kind of going through these reasonably quickly, because I think you can, um, you know, they're pretty obvious. So it's, it's gonna, the source is gonna be God, natural sources or demonic, all right? So uh, it tends, you know, you can tell if it's God, if it's got those characteristics. It's got aspects of your destiny, edification, exhortation, comfort, correction, direction, cleansing, revealing the heart, warfare in a good way, you know, not going around doing nasty things to people, you know. Creativity, impartation, I would add to that kind of peace, uh, joy, those kind of aspects where, and also, 
feelings where you where that is expanding your vision rather than contracting, where you feel expanded, not contained, where you free, get freed and not imprisoned. So uh, natural man, soulish dreams, that's to do with your mind, will and emotions. And so that can be a result of, of changing your body, chemicals, uh, or just really sometimes what you've been watching. You know, you go, to, you go to bed, you feast on something with your soul, and it becomes manifest as a dream, all right? Demonic, um, you've obviously got aspects to do with divinations, fortune telling, etc. But, but the aspects of a demonic dream where it's darkness, you've got fear, you've got panic, you've got deception, danger, all those kind of things, yeah? Being trapped, imprisoned, everything else, yeah? Where you feel contained. Um, so those are the kind of uh, aspects and we'll go into, and generally tend to be dark and don't have any color to them as well. It tends to be at night. Uh, the scene tends to be at night. Okay, if we have the next slide. So why does God speak in dreams? Well, he speaks in dreams because we spend a third of our life asleep. So we all went to Jackie's amazing 60th birthday party not long ago, which means that Jackie has spent 20 years of her life asleep. <laughs> So what, you know, what a good opportunity to allow God to speak into 20 years of your life. Yeah? Why restrict it just to the 40 hours that are awake? Why not actually say, God, here are my other 20 years, or here's my other, you know, third of the time. Song of Songs, love this, while I slept my heart is awake. And if we, Jack, if you just press one more button, you get the animation coming up. If you press again, there we go, look at that, there we go. So, so why we sleep, you know, God, Jesus speaks over us and the, and the you know, heaven, uh, you know, resounds over us and everything else. Um, because our resistance, if we have resistance to kind of like we've got busyness and everything else, we'll almost create a resistance to hearing the overtures of heaven, the love songs of heaven that God speaks over us, yeah? Because our head's full of other stuff. So when we're asleep, that doesn't happen anymore. So our resistance has gone. So our receptivity to heaven is like boom-boom. Yeah? I mean, you know, I'm, I, have, I have, I mean, not just when I'm asleep, but I have a great time in the heavenly realms. You know, why restrict it to any sleep? But let's start there, you know. Amazing. Amazing. Because our resistance is low, zero. So God can speak into our hearts. And then sometimes when we speak out, we think, where did I get that from? It might be that God spoke to you when you were asleep, hidden it in your heart for an appointed time. So if you press it again, Jackie, thank you. So why doesn't God make it obvious then? Why go the whole dream process? Why make it that there has to be, why can't just God say, well, you know, well, just say this, because he likes us, he likes the process, God loves the process. The glory of God to conceal a matter, the glory of kings to seek it out. In other words, God loves the process of us just coming to him and saying, God, I don't understand that, you know, can you tell me a bit more about it? He's smart, just sit down, sit down in my lap, let me run my fingers through your hair, and all that sort of stuff, just snuggle in here, oh, you can hear my heartbeat, you know, you can hear my heartbeat for the nations, Wow. I didn't know I was going to hear that, God. You know, he loves us to kind of sit close to him 
and discover the process because we find out much more that way than if he just told us, like information. Yeah? It's a relationship. It's not just giving information. So that's why he doesn't make it always obvious. But he, st he wants us to find it out because as parents, when we played hide-and-seek with our kids, they'd really give up if we hid so well they'd never find us. They'd give up after five minutes, wouldn't they? And we'd be sitting in a cupboard for two hours thinking, you know, it'd be very sad. So we, you know, as parents, it's good to be found because you, your kids will do it again and they will play with you again. How much more a heavenly daddy, yeah? Yeah, okay. Next one, please, Jackie. Yeah, next one, brilliant. So when we have a dream, um, the sci the scientific, I can give you, uh, the scientific paper's written all over about, about retention of dreams. And actually, um, the you forget 30% of your dream in the first two minutes or three minutes or something. It's like incredible, and it just goes on. So, so, so that's why we're meant to write it down, because otherwise we'll think, oh, we'll remember that, and you don't, do you? Okay? So... In Chronicles 28:19 and in Habakkuk 2, verse 2, it basically says, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. Well, we have more than tablets. Well, we do have tablets, actually. We have, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Habakkuk, a man before his time. So, never thought of that before. Shake cannabis. Anyway, just, yeah. I love it. Shake yeah. I'm having a good time up here. I really am. Shay. Yeah. Oh, by the way, anybody, anybody's pain decreased during the worship? Um, Catherine, how are we getting on with your, with your neck? Good? Fantastic. Are we completely healed? Almost residual? Okay. Fantastic. That's fine. It's good, isn't it? Good job. So anybody else had um, any relief of pain, by the way, while we were worshipping? Anything going on in your body, like on a good way? Don't be shy. Hands up if anything's changed. Well, if you still got the pain, I know we're having prophetic booths, um, stations, dream interpretation stations, prophetic art stations, but, you know, come on. We can all double up. It's Jesus, you know, it's Jesus anyway. So just come up and say, I don't want a prophetic word. Or, I do want a prophetic word, and I'll have some healing as well, because there's always more. It's not either or. It's both. Yeah? We've got a good dad, haven't we? Ha. Huh. You know, going to the freezer, I just want I just want a bit of yogurt. No, you can have the yogurt, you can have the the fatted calf, you know. Yeah. Oh, really? No. <laughs> I don't know what a fatted calf looks like, but anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yes, exactly. So I would like the freeze I would like the freezer that fits the fatted calf. I would sort of like the house that fits the freezer that I would like the gardens and the land that fits the freezer that good okay. Right. That God built. Uh, next slide, please. All right, so when we do uh, dream interpretation, um, um, because, um, hmm, so remember, in, and I won't go down this avenue too much, just because it'll get me into something else, which I love, uh, about an angel called Palmini, which I've talked about before. But basically, God does give us um, help, angelic help, to train us in dream interpretation. So skill is acquired, revelation is given. Right? Skill is acquired, revelation is given. So we can acquire skill in dream interpretation, which is what we're doing tonight. 
but revelation is given. That, that being, we cannot achieve that with our own human efforts. Yeah? Because actually, don't we read in the Bible that actually, I think it was, um, well, Daniel and Joseph probably, I can't remember which one said it explicitly, but actually said, don't all interpretations belong to God? That is revelation. That's the revelatory part. But we can have a skill that we use within the context of that revelation to help that process. So skill is acquired. So um, we've all been there. We've all had a dream. We all give it to our friend, and they go, ah, there's like two pages of it, all right? So and um, um, we have, there's a few of us in this room, but we're actually, um, so Speaks of Life has an unofficial dream team. If it was official, we'd, we wouldn't do our jobs because we'd be interpreting dreams all the time. But we, we get certain dreams that people mail to us that actually now people know about, so I shouldn't have really said that, but anyway, there we go. Um, and that we then circulate around to each other and, and, and actually we give our interpretation of that and that's the way that we learn how others interpret dreams as well. So it's actually an iterative skill. So we learn through the process as well. Then I'll collate the responses and feed it back to the person. Um, and so when, when somebody, like tonight, when you've got a dream, don't give the full nine yards. Try and simplify it to a maximum of three key points. And it could be in the dream that things are repeated all the time. And so that's just one point. It's just re-emphasized each time. It's like God highlighting it. Yeah? So try and reduce the dream to three or four key points, if you can. And often they are things that have the greatest emotion attached to them. Because you say, well, what was important? Well, the things that you remember vividly. They're the important things. Because if somebody says, well... Were there any numbers? Were there any colours? Well, I don't know. Well, that's not important. If you, can't, if you can't actually remember it that well, it's not important. It's those things which are the important things, the strongest things, the things that have the strongest emotion and things like that. You can clearly, yes, I remember this, this, and this. All right? Three key points. Then, so that's simplify. So it's simplify, participation, and context, SPC. All right? So you simplify it, then participation, which in... The um, John Paul Jackson, because he uses kind of two methods really, he talks about um, simplif simplify participation and context, but he also then goes into focus and sub-focus and details. Where you, you know where you do mind mapping when you're in businesses? You do these mind maps? Well, let's deal with participation. Where are you in the dream? In other words, where is the focus? Where is the focus? Three responses to that. You're either observing... You're a witness to what's going on. Are you participating? So you're not observing anymore. You're participating, but you are not the main focus of the dream. You're helping somebody. Or thirdly, the dream is all about you. You are the focus or people are watching you. So you know that the focus of the dream, If you, it's almost, so how do I define a focus? If you take the person out of the dream it no longer has a focus to it. It's no longer about anything. The dream falls apart. So that is what the focus is. Does that make sense? Okay. So next slide. So now we deal with context. right? So we've got simplification, participation, context. And, and, and within that, we can actually have sub-focuses, which can mean, you know, which could be like a car park or something. You know, it, it's, it's, it's still important, but it's not the main focus. 
And then within, within the dream, there are certain details and facts, maybe something unusual, and we're going we're gonna to see an example in a minute. So what are the thoughts, objects, emotions in a dream? Was it night or day? I, I often pe when, I, when I ask people, I say, was it night or day? Was it color or black and white? Were there any numbers in it? The society and the culture, social context is important. So, um, uh, you know, um, colors then come into that because colors in certain cultures mean certain things. So if somebody from a certain country comes in and says, well, there was this, and you go, oh, I know what that means because I've got my dream checklist in my pocket that Mark's going to give me at the end, which I'm not, but I could. But, you know, you know what numbers mean, colors and all that stuff. I know what that color means, but actually they come from a country where that color can mean something else. So it's social context, all right? And so you see a dog in a dream. Well, for me, I love dogs, and they're friends to me, but for, uh, for others, they may be terrified of dogs. So I'm saying, oh, this dog, it says that, dog, you know, something friendly, and they're going, no, it isn't, because I'm terrified of dogs. So again, context. So you can't just do it through a checklist, although checklists are useful. And then also biblical context. You know, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, and they see a mustard seed. So don't try and see anything else. If, the king, if you're saying, well, actually, it's in the Bible. You know, I see mustard seed. Well, it says in the Bible about mustard seed, you know, da, da, da. So it might be that obvious. Don't try and make it complicated. So there we go. SBC, simpl simplicity, participation, context. And within that, you can have a focus, a sub-focus, and details, all right? So let's go to the next slide. And we have an example. And while um, I'm just going to put this down and have a cup of tea. I love cold tea. It's lovely. Mm. Mm. Yum, yum. <laughs> I've, got <laughs> I've got used to drinking cold tea over the years. I really have. I'm sorry. I'm just going to have a cup of tea. Um, so while you read that example, all right, so, so I'm drinking tea. You're reading, all right? Mm. Very nice. Okay, so we're going to apply what we've learned. All right, so the first thing is I've already simplified a dream for you. This is a, this is a dream that was used by John Paul Jackson. So this is a, a very long dream, but it's been simplified down to the fact there was a man in a car park. He was issued with a parking fee of $86. He protested, but when he looked in his wallet, to his surprise, it was full of $30 bills, and he paid the fine. What does that dream mean? Okay, here we go. So, Jackie, if you press the button once. Okay, so participation, right? We've done the simplification bit, because that could have been a page long. Simplify it down to three or four points. So, it's about the man, because if you remove the man, the dream falls apart. So he's the focus, yes? So if you press it again, Jackie, please. Right, so what's the context of this? What's, what's, what's the context within the dream? Well, the context is we have tickets, yeah? We have parking, yeah? We have a payment aspect within that. And so they're the kind of, as it were, sub-focus. But are there any details in there which are unusual? Well, yeah, there was... Why is a wallet full of $30 bills unusual? $30 bills don't exist. So there's something unusual there. So what's all that about? Yeah? 
So that's what we've done. We've, we've broken that down. And you can actually, instead of having a list like I've done, you can actually have a little mind map. You can have the man at the center. You can have your sub-focus and your details around the side, if that helps you. All right? You don't have to put it on a little list. You can just do it in bubbles. You know, focus in the center and sub-focus and details around the side. And I sometimes do that. So if Jackie presses the next button, um, there's actually, if, you, if, right, if we'll stop at that, right. So the first thing is, what is it about a car park? Car parks in dreams always say that you're stationary and actually as a once you're in a car park, you are going nowhere. You've parked and you've been there and it might be okay that you've been there, but actually sometime at some point you have to leave the car park. So park car park is, is indicative of the fact that actually you're going nowhere. Oh, I've just looked at the time, sorry. Got about another five minutes, is that all right? That's all right, just enjoy myself. Sorry, sorry. Is that okay? Another five, yeah? Shake out my thumb there. Yeah. February the 12th, by the way, all right? Not letting, not letting you off, whoever it is. Is it you, Joe? Okay, good. Thank you, God. Shake out my thumb there. I'm like a dog with a bone. When I've got something, you know, I just have to, kind of when I know it's God, I'm just going to say it. And, you know, I don't care how stupid I look, but it's like for the benefit of somebody else. So I think, well, I'd rather look a fool and benefit somebody than look together and benefit no one. But anyway, anyway, it's another sermon, isn't it? <sighs> next slide. And uh, now next button. Button. There it is. Okay, so here is the interpretation. The man is in a car park. That means he's, he's been there a while and he's going nowhere. So he has to move from the place he is. A lot of us sometimes have been in a place which has been great, but we need to move on. Yeah? Come on. Come on. Shekaramasandara. Ha! But in this example, there's a price to pay. Yes? And the price is $86. Right? So, what does 86 mean? We know that 8 equals new beginnings because 8 people came out of the ark and on the 8th day circumcision and lots of other things happened in terms of 8 and things like that. So, 8 is new beginnings. 6 is the number of man because on the 6th day God made man. All right? So, actually, the payment is uh, it's to do with a new beginning, but actually to get the new thing, you have to deal with the issues that are common to man. There's certain things that, that actually you have to deal with which affect you in order to, to get out of the car park. It involves a cost. Now, the good thing about Jesus dying on the cross for us is the fact that he's already paid that price, yes? So that is the good thing, is the fact that Jesus has paid the price. But we, it's almost applying, uh, almost stepping into that, you know, with the provision of the cross. So... In the example, when he looked in the wallet, it had $30 bills. So those $30 are heavenly. They're not man-made, are they? Because they don't exist. Therefore, it's an in indication of the fact that the cost has already been paid for in the heavenly realms. We can pay the price on earth because of what has been supplied from heaven. And... The fact that the wallet was full of $30 bills, not just a few, means the fact that, that there is more than enough. 
for us in every situation to get us out of the situation, to deal with the issues that are common to men that we can't do on our own efforts, that we can only get there by the work of the Holy Spirit in God. Isn't that good? So God will give creative ways that don't exist yet to pay the cost. The three in there with the $30 bills, there's a Godhead. Three is always about the Godhead, you know, the triune God, God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son. And the multiple of that is always an emphasis that God is with us. The triune God is with us. He will, he will, he will work with you. He's paid the cost. He will hold your hand. He will get you out of the place that you're in where you feel, actually, I've been here too long. I need to move on but I don't know how to, because there's a cost. Access the cost, which is in the heavenly realms, uh, the payment that's in the heavenly realms. Great, next slide, and we're almost there. Um, I'm not going to do this because of time, but I'm just going to summarize it by saying, um, in any prophetic um, teaching, you'll always get Revelation, Interpretation, Application, RIA. And if you look at um, everything that uh, Joseph did and the interpretation of Pharaoh's dreams, you will have those uh, examples there. The fact that the dream is the revelation, Joseph had the interpretation, and he also had the application. And actually that led to um, saving the nation of Egypt as well as other nations as well. So that's why dream interpretation is important because it actually can save lives. As I said at the beginning, preventing the man from jumping off the bridge, but in this case, saving nation and nations. Next slide, please. So how do you know um, a dream? what a dream is? Is it God? Is it not? Well, um, does it strengthen courage and comfort? Does it point to Jesus, lead you closer to him? Does the dream ring true with your spirit? Uh, does it bring a sense of peace? If you press again, please, Jackie. Does it bring life and freedom? Does it lead to good fruit? Take ownership of it. Submit it to write down and pray about it and uh, involve other people so they can say, so Mark, how, how's that outworking that dream going? Because otherwise you know, you'll start convincing yourself it never happened. Yeah, always good to involve other people that you can trust. And they will champion and cheer you on. I have many, I, I, I feel very humbled to stand in front of people that, that cheer me on and, and just say, go for it, Mark. Um, because they won't let me rest in, in activity in the sense that, you know, they, they want me to pursue the Father's heart. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm continually grateful for that. I get very emotional when I think about it because actually, so you involve other people. So, what are your most common dreams? House commonly represents um, your, you know, your life or your church. I actually uh, spent this afternoon, Judith and I went down to Newton Aycliffe, uh, um, and I interpreted a two-page dream. I mean, yes, he hadn't simplified it down to three basic points, but anyway, it was. I spent we spent some time interpreting an amazing dream this afternoon. We did have an amazing lunch, by the way. Thank you, thank you, God. Um, it was, it was amazing, thank you. If you listen to this, you know who you are, it was an amazing lunch. Um, so <laughs> um, vehicle is often your ministry, size of the vehicle means a bigger ministry, if you're driving a bus that means you're bringing people with you, a plane represents a church, those kind of things. Um, taking a shower is all about cleansing dreams, um, falling is fear of, of losing control, in fact when your teeth fall out as well it's all about uh, needing greater wisdom on, on an issue. So uh, I went one time I interpreted um, the, um, the, the bar owner in Gosforth Hotel before we even got the room to do our dream interpretation things a few years ago. I just said, are you having a dream about teeth falling out? He says, yes, that's right. 
I said, would you know what it means? He said, no. And I said, you're losing, you feel like you're losing control of something. He said, yes, that's right, because I'm trying to organize my wedding and I'm, I'm just losing control. I just need, I said, you need wisdom. He said, yes. So, and, and anyway, so we had a nice chat, got on, and, and he gave us this room, upstairs room, where we had dream interpretation for classes for about five weeks. One time, um, we couldn't use the room, so we actually put my slides on the, you know, the TVs where you put the football. Seriously. It did happen, didn't it, Judith? And so people were just walking in the pub, listening to my dream classes, and we practiced on the bar staff and everything. It was great fun. Anyway, snakes and spiders, etc., to do with the occult. Um, uh, when you have a dream, notice the time. Um, it's really important. It can relate to, to various verses and scriptures. That happens a lot. Doors and corridors. I love doors and corridors because doors and corridors. Doors are new opportunities. You open things. Corridors. You go from one place to another in a corridor. Can be short corridors, could be long corridors. What you see in the corridors you go along, that's really important. So corridors lead to somewhere. So next slide, please. More common dreams, going to school exams, that can be promotion. Uh, looking for, um, so you're wanting uh, guidance within particular aspects. If you're repeating a class, that means it may be an opportunity to learn from past experience. All right? It's okay. Flying and soaring, people say, oh, I had this dream about flying, I think I'm going mad. No, it's the most common dream. It's like one of the top 20 dreams. Flying or soaring in, the, in, in your dreams is, is absolutely natural. It's about God's calling up into higher things, third heavens, uh, intercession, going into the third heaven. It's, it's amazing. So naked dreams, Jim Goll has an amazing section about naked dreams, right? Don't just read it just because of that, all right? Because um, you think, oh, my God, it's terrible. I've had a dream and I was naked. <laughs> It's sometimes talking about, um, about transparency of vulnerability before others. All right? You can have a dream about past relationships. Sometimes it's, not, it's because um, it's falling into old patterns of behavior that actually you, you, you used to, and it's actually almost like getting a heads up on that, saying actually uh, just watch out. Um, um, but it might be the fact that God's actually speaking to you about reigniting his, his passion, you know, your first love for him. Yeah? So it could be those sort of things. Next slide, I think this is it. And that was it. So, so I could go on. I could go on about lifts, elevators, and all that sort of stuff. But I'm not because it's ten past eight. And it's time to have um, prophetic stations, dream interpretation stations, and all that. Was that useful as a taster? That's just a taster. All right, there's more, uh, clearly there's a lot more, but it was just, um, so um, is, that, is, that, is that helpful? Would you, shall I do another one? Shall I do another one with more detail? Is that okay? That, that piques our interest. Okay. 